You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. We're with you again for NSPS Radio Hour. I heard uh, Dave and Dan before they went off air, Dan saying to say hello to us, so hello to Dan back at you. Uh, Dan, Dan and Dave are on every week right before we are, so um, just wanted to pass along our uh, our hellos to them. And uh, Lisa Isom is with me again today. All people who are regular listeners will recognize Lisa's name. We do a, a series of shows related to insurance issues. Uh, I hadn't really focused too much, Lisa, but we haven't had you on since August. I know. It's been August. So. It seemed like a, a long time. We typically try to do it, you know, every couple of three months, and we're a little little longer this time, looks like, but uh, glad to have you back anyway. Thank you. Thank you. It's always interesting to talk about issues. I w- as you and I were having a conversation a little earlier this morning, and I got to thinking about the whole idea of insurance and all the different forms it takes. Um, I'll tell you a, f- a couple of interesting things. This weekend I got uh, a correspondence from my power company wanting me to purchase insurance so they could replace my water line between the meter and the house if something were to go wrong. Yeah. And um, so I and so I haven't even checked to see if that would be covered by homeowners anyway. But I just thought it was kind of interesting that uh, uh, it, pretty much everything going on in your life, somebody's got some way to insure it. I guess. Uh, yeah. If, if if they don't, they'll find out a, uh, uh, how to do it. That's for sure. That's yeah. At least they'll find out how to collect the money. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and, and you know, you go through and read the fine print. It's all about well, you know, we can cancel this with it with two months notice or 30 days notice or whatever so i guess the deal is you you pay for several years and then they decide you're really becoming a risk yeah and then they say well sorry we can't cover you anymore and, <laughs> that's um, what a yeah. lot of people say in fact um i was actually speaking at a um uh, a college last week and um and it was it was kind of funny because one of the the students that was in the room, I mean, you know, naturally these are are um, uh, probably mid thirties or, or or older um, uh, evening class um, students, and so um, this one particular person said that you know the way that they had always kind of looked at it was whatever they've paid in insurance, they want to make sure that they file enough claims to get their money back. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, uh, well, that's an interesting way of looking at it. But Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting perspective. But, um, but you know, at the, at, the, at the end of the day, you, you know people, um, my, you know, myself included, you know, you pay a lot of money and, and you kind of forget the reason why you're, you're actually purchasing insurance. You know, so no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, your automobile or your property or your professional liability, workers' compensation, whatever it may be, is, you know, you're, you're forgetting that the reason why you're doing that is to transfer the risk for a catastrophe. You know, it's catastrophe-type insurance, not your normal wear and tear uh, maintenance, um, you know, insurance. It's, it's not 
that's not the intent of it. Um, but oftentimes people do forget that because, you know, naturally it's, uh, it's a large cost. And, and I was doing a, um, some data gathering um, last week, and, and realistically, especially with the, the health care reform um, that's gone into place and so on, you know, whereas in the years past you look at, you know, the cost, your overhead cost for insurance as a whole. So, you know, if you combine your general liability, your auto, your professional, your umbrella, um, et cetera, and then naturally your health care, uh, if you're providing that to your employees, all of that address your bottom line cost, right? And and so in the end, you know, typically just, you know, excluding your, your health care, just your business insurance will typically allocate for about 30% of your, your cost. Your overhead cost is attributed to about 30%, especially if you carry workers' compensation. So um, that's... You know, that's reality. So when you're looking at that and trying to make a living in, in today's world, and then now you couple in um, the healthcare um, side of it, you know, we kind of um, forget that when you're looking at land surveyors, we oftentimes feel, well, that's not going to be applicable to all of our members. And, and, it, and it's true. Most of our members it will not be applicable um, for because you're going to be less than 50 employees. But there are those ones off that are 50 employees or more, and that's a huge issue that is now um, in the forefront of everyone's mind between now and January 1 um, as to, you know, do I keep my employees or do I lease them out to um, a leasing company to avoid having to write um, health care insurance because in, in today's world, if you, um, you know, if they are qualifying for the Affordable Care Act, the employer is then turned around and penalized by employee for that Affordable Care Act. So you're, you're getting nailed on both directions. <laughs> it's, the best way to put it. So, you know, as of last week, I had um, an insured that called me. Um, uh, basically, has about 72 people nationwide um, employee staff, and they're electing to basically get rid of all of their employees and then lease them back um, um, to avoid just that. And so they all become independent contractors, basically. Well, they're not necessarily independent contractors. They're, they're leased employees. So as an example, um, you know, you hear of um, ADP, um, payroll services, et cetera. People right. will, you know, um, put them through an ADP, whereas um, they become their employees and then lease back the same employees. But then that has, um, you know, disadvantages um, to it as well, um, if it looks like, feels like, walks like your same employees, who are they going to actually sue if they have a problem? Um, so um, it's it's you know insurance is 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 one of those necessary evils, but then at the same time um, it is very complicated as to 
how do I protect myself and my assets and do so in a cost-effective manner? <laughs> yeah, I guess in that leasing back scenario, that probably would be one of those, if, it, if it's one of the things that's kind of happened all of a sudden, uh, I, I guess that'd be one of those red flag kind of scenarios for the for who is it the IRS that, that monitors all that? Well, you know, IRS, unemployment, um, there's just so many people that, you know, uh, got their hand in the same pot of the, of the, you know, employee taxes or benefits side of it. Um, and, um, you know, ideally, you know, you kind of have to go back to an insurance person that can be your advisor because realistically you do have to look at every scenario, um, both from an insurance perspective as well as, you know, how, do you, how are you really protecting yourself overall um, in that situation. And, I, you know, I have to tell you, I was, I was sitting back and, yeah, you know, I hear about it. I really, I do have, you know, some specialists in the agency that, that focuses on the health care reform um, and trying to help, you know, um, answer the questions from the health insurance perspective but I never really stopped to think that that the employer is kind of coming back to a decision as to really keeping those employees and, you know, and, and insuring them the way that they always have and trying to do so in a cost-effective way or releasing them and they're no longer their employees and what's their, what, what is the, the negative um, side of that, um, until last week, um, you know, I, it, because basically, you know, that would then eliminate the the need for the workers' compensation, um, as that's going to fall into the the payroll service. However, you know, if you've got a really good rate and you've got good a history, um, you're not going to get that same type of um, rate elsewhere, and then you get charged an administrative fee on top of it. So there's a lot of things to weigh out, and so ultimately, having a person or or numerous people, you know, the PNC side, property and casualty side of an insurance person to to walk through what are my options, as well as dealing with a, a health insurance person that can get you as competitive as possible, because overall. Um, um, I think they, they kind of throw out the percentage of 8 to 9% of your annual income on a, on a group that's 50 or more um, cannot be your insurance premium uh, for that employee. So if it, if it is such that you have, you know, maybe health situations or whatever where your insurance cost is more than 8 or 9%, then you fall within the um, Affordable Care Act, and then the employee um, that's working for the employer, um, the employer is then um, penalized by uh, the state um, for not paying the, the employee enough to offset it. So, um, and it's substantial. So, you know, those are real-life um examples that you have to kind of weigh in when you're looking at your overall insurance port portfolio, if you will. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's, that's difficult and troubling about that from the 
from the employer side is just the fact that you have to think about all these things. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, obviously, as an employer, those are, that's something that you you recognize you have to deal with. But uh, it seems as though in today's world, it, it's harder and harder and harder to be able to grasp what those things are without really talking to somebody that. And 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 everybody hates doing that. I'm not sure why, <laughs> but you know we we're we're as surveyors, we're consultants. We expect people to come for us to us to help them solve their problems. But a lot of the times, we're reluctant to go out and talk to somebody that can help us solve ours. So, um, well, well, you know, that and and that comes across the board. You know, the other day, I mean, even in my own agency, um, you know, I sit there and I think it's very difficult. It's it's. You know, it's very, and I do this stuff. <laughs> so yeah. it's difficult enough for we're, me. We're gonna we're gonna have to go to break in about ten seconds. Maybe we can pick up on this when we come back. Yeah. And, and but uh, I think this is a good thing to talk about. I know we got some other things we want to talk about today, but I think this was a good one as well. So when we get back from break, we'll follow up on this one. Okay, great. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Attention surveyors, are you aware that that yellow stick you're using is saving lives all over the world? Yes, that pin finder is clearing fields and villages of unexploded cluster bombs and other hidden explosives in over 25 countries. Johnstead, in cooperation with international mine action programs, provides free locators to where they are most urgently needed. To find out how you can help, visit the NSPS website at nsps.us.com. And thank you. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So we're talking about the things that we need to do but are hard to do, Lisa, before we went to break. And, and it's just uh, it's human nature, I guess. We, we know we need to know things. But I think everybody's reluctant to have to deal with things they feel, I don't know if, I guess uncomfortable is the right word, but uncomfortable from the perspective that it's out of your, your realm. Right, right, and, and you know, and I, you're right. You know, you know land surveying, and that's that's what you know best. And so, you know, it's just um, I think that's just you know nature that um, you know, and I and I, I do feel that that's the reason why the radio show goes over so well, especially from 
the insurance um, perspective, um, you know, last time we were we were talking on the last show, uh, we were talking about you know cyber liability, and um, you know what we often do is get questions afterwards, whether that's an email or a phone call um, or such. But I think that's what what really brings to to light the the radio show from the insurance perspective is to be capable of listening to some of the information rather than, you, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So how can you call and ask about cyber liability or bring the, up that subject if you've never heard of it before? So, you know, that's not what a surveyor does for a living. So, um, so hopefully what we do is enlighten people with some of the terminology and the types of coverage form that is available to the surveyor to, again, um, as you know, we were just mentioning, uh, to help them secure their assets or um, to transfer that, that risk over to an insurance policy form, uh, you know, whereas the, they would find the coverage. Um, you know, cyber liability um, is one that, you know, when we were speaking the last, um, we were kind of getting into, um, you know, what what surveyors do, and they don't even realize um, that have you know opened them up to some uh, exposure. And one of the questions that came back last time, uh, we were in the midst of talking about wireless internet connections or wireless networks. And as we as we know, you know, any type of um, you know design or consulting firms, land surveyors, etc. Uh, depend on the technology that they're using um, to do their work. And whether that's creating or sharing or communicating via the, the Internet, and um, but that technology that we use and rely on every single day, you know, basically makes the firm more vulnerable in today's world um, uh, to cyber attacks or privacy breaches of their clients' information, um, et cetera. And it's very expensive out-of-pocket costs that they're incurring because many of those same firms feel that you know they have insurance policies that will cover those damages should something exist or occur. And at the end of the day, as you just pointed out, if you don't have an insurance policy or if there's an exclusion under an insurance policy, eventually there will be a a carrier or an insurance carrier that will start to pick up um, coverage form for that exposure. And so um, that is basically where it comes down to the cyber liability. Um, the cyber liability will pick up those types of um, exposures that will in turn be very expensive should something happen. And, and you know, right now, you know, with the cyber liability claims um, becoming more and more common, um, and until you find out you have coverage that's denied under, you know, your typical general liability policy or your um, professional liability policy, um, you really don't know that you, you, you have any exposure that exists that's not covered. Um, so, you know, from a land surveyor, if they 
they go out and get your general liability policy because you know you need to cover your your certificate or um, required by contract to carry it. You're not really picking it up and looking at it from a business perspective or a business plan perspective, and you know the general liability basically will exclude it because by definition under that policy, it's covering you know the property damage or bodily injury to someone else. So by definition of electronic data, um, it's really not triggering the coverage to exist. Yeah, I guess that. That actually it brought up a, a thought in my mind about historically, uh-huh. um, as, as in the surveying profession, and as you know, I've been in it a really long time. And when I was first coming into the surveying profession, and even for a long time after that, I don't recall ever having any concern really about integrity of the data I was providing in terms of its precision and its accuracy and those kind of things necessarily related to my equipment because you know we were using transits and eventually uh, maybe a little more so when you get to data collectors and that kind of thing but with all the things that are happening in the profession now and people are using all the new tools I mean you know the, the big thing now of course is the is the the drones the, the UAVs Right. Um, I think sometimes it's hard to adapt to the liability environment that could exist because of the use of that ter- technology to do the same kind of things you've always done, but you're really relying on something that's, in some cases, out of your out of your depth a little bit. I think, and, right. I, and I don't know if you see that or not, but it just seems to me like that would be a place where that could easily take place. With it. You wouldn't really even focus on the need um, mm-hmm. until something hits you. Well, see, and that's just it, is, is you really don't, um, you know, you, you can have the data that's on, you know, your GPS. And, and for many, many years, um, you know, people will refer to, you know, where, you know, years ago when, when I first, you know, started working with surveyors, you know, we talked about the, the valuable papers in mm-hmm. records. Well, now it's more the electronic piece of it. And so where years ago, you know, we would, and not to say that we don't still have some, but but it's more it's more into the electronic world of today than it was, you know, the valuable papers and, and the file cabinets and the records within those file cabinets. And, and, and you know, if a fire happened, you know, to... To um, reproduce those, but today, with the you know, genuinely, cyber liability is one of the fastest growing areas of concern in the design world. Um, simply because so much of it, not only just the data, but the exposure that you're picking up because of the the, the social media of today's environment. So, you know where. Years ago, um, well, even in the, the immediate past, you know, you're sitting there and you're using, you know, a pen and paper, you know, or pencil and paper to put put things down, uh, whether that's your client's, you know, telephone numbers, social security numbers, uh, federal ID numbers, their um, 
their private information. But as an example, I just pulled um, a claim scenario just this morning to give you know some ideas because from my perspective, when you kind of give some real life cyber risk that has affected surveyors across the country, and this is a surveyor, not necessarily any other person, um, it brings it home to where you, you sit there and you think, okay, I never even thought about that. <laughs> you know, so that was the one thing from our last radio show was talking about the wireless network. And you're sitting there thinking, okay, you know, you go and you, you, you buy a new router and you take it out of the box and you get your IT person or yourself, you know, to set it up and you got to get it up and running right to get your emails going and get your communication going between your printer and your server and your your desktops and so on and so forth. The last thing you think about is changing the the um, identif identifier on that router, which is your almost like a password, but it's the identif uh, identifier's password. You not, never even think about it. You just think about getting it up and running as quickly as you can to get back to work again. And without changing that, you're opening yourself up to people breaching your um, system. And you know, then changing your password and setting it up to change that password every so many days. I mean, it's a pain, but you're, you know, you really need to do that in order to get. Um, to keep people from hacking your system, and and you know they do everything from um, you know hacking your system to get um, private information, or they hack your system to get keystrokes for you to get into your bank to check your bank account or your bank um, uh, maybe a deposit that should have hit from a client or a payment that you were going to pay to you know um, let's just say your um, your printer um, may be on a lease and you're going to make a payment to pay your lease um, payment for your printer, at the end of the day, people will just monitor your keystrokes to swipe your account information. And so, you know, to pull a just a claim scenario, one of the things <clears throat> we talk about is the data breach. Well, in this in this um, situation, it occurred um, actually in Oklahoma, uh, was brought against the insured alleging de um, defamation of, of and privacy breach from one of their employees regarding a conversation that was done on electronic media regarding their comp um, competitor. So that lawsuit is brought and was paid out on that it was just a simple email conversation between one party and the other party. But in the end, the courts viewed that the information um, was was you know was was not accurate, and therefore some of their um, information was breached, and the employee was found liable. Um, that is then covered under cyber liability, um, which you know you don't even really think about that. Um, another one that is a computer virus, and I know you probably get them. I get them quite often. Um, that I will get an email and says, 
Lisa, if you received an email from me at 2 a.m. this morning, it was not my. It was not really me forwarding an we're, email at 2 2 a.m. We're right at break time again, Lisa. We're going to have to go to break, but that would okay. be a good place to pick back up because I don't okay. think people do think about that very much. So let's let's go to break. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So this virus you were talking about is not one we can go down to CVS and get a flu shot for, I don't guess. <laughs> no, no, um, Walgreens and CVS um, really um, won't protect us on this one. But, <laughs> but you know, the thing is, 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 you know, it is a very serious thing because you, you know, you, anyone that's operating, you you get those. You get um, an email that will say, you know, you know, you've got a, a an email blast from me this morning at 2 a.m. and blah blah blah. Please delete it because you know my computer system has been hacked. Well, fortunately, if you get that after the fact, after they realize that they have been hacked then you can delete it off and then delete it off as you're deleted, according to, you know, my IT person. But but in the event that you actually open it up before you get don't open it up, um, um, it, it will or it can certainly get in and destroy um, your software. It can track back to your servers. It can track, you know, it's a phishing thing to where it, goes in and gets into all of your your data, and then it also gets into your address books and sends it out to everybody else as well. Now, in the end, it's not just because people are getting emails that's blowing up their emails. It is actually getting in and destroying your servers and, and your software and so forth. 
that is, is actually covered under the computer program and electronic data restoration expenses under a um, cyber liability policy. But the damage that it costs to the people that have now received that virus, it's the cost for that repair and the restoration of those people's computer programs and electronic media. So oh, it let me, is... Let me think about that for a second. If Let's go to that scenario where you get a, an email and then your whoever you thought sent it to you lets you know that, they, that they'd been hacked, they didn't really send it. And am I understanding that if the person who received it somehow opened it and, and suffered some sort of loss because of doing that, right. then that liability goes back on the person who they thought it came from, although it didn't? Well, it actually well it actually did come from them. It wasn't a legitimate email. So it the the person that that the virus came from, you know, so if you could track back to say, okay, your um your computer got hacked and let's just say it's mine and my computer got hacked and it got into my address book and I sent it out to everyone that I've ever sent an email to. The computer itself will do that. The virus itself will do that. And it got to you and say, you and Trisha or whatever, and you opened it up and it fried your computer system. Absolutely, that goes back to the sender of that email, whether you did it or didn't. Because they'll never get to the hacker anyway, I guess. That's exactly right. It will never get to the hacker, but... That's where that comes into play, but um, it is it is that um, computer restoration of your computer, or purchasing a computer, or uh, rebuilding the the uh, software that's on there. Because naturally, that's all a time loss. You know, whether that's you know the business interruption or the um, extra expense of getting the the software and and IT people to come out and fix it to get it up and running. But so it definitely assuming, is. Assuming that kind of thing could happen to anybody's computer, let's say it wasn't even, let's say it wasn't an office computer, it was your computer at home. Right. And, and if that took place, then that same circularity of responsibility still goes back to that person's computer from where it was sent, even though they weren't controlling it. Am I understanding that correctly? That is correct. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that individuals should have that kind of coverage as well? Yeah, individuals should have it. Um, you know, you can actually um, get, you know, a, 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 a personal pro- policy that will protect not only your privacy, but the the data and the um, the direct physical loss because of the computer and media. It's the social media from the personal side of it. And the same applies for, say, if you have children within the household and who knows what they're doing um, with respect to their cell phones and their, their video chatting or their FaceTiming or whatever, um, that will also track back to your personal liability um, from a homeowner's perspective as well. So if I can understand if if I, I were to get this, this virus from someone else and it destroyed all my information, that I would have some recourse there. 
But on the other side of that, if someone came into my system and whatever it was they introduced destroyed what was in my files, let's say I had all my surveying records in there and all my jobs and all those kind of things, mm-hmm. um, and you're and like we were saying before, you're probably never, never going to find that person. So then you always have to. You also would have to have coverage to cover your own internal damage, I assume, right? Right. You you would have. You know. Now that is where the the um, computers and media would come from from your own physical damage. Um, you know. To well, let's just say whether it's uh, a lightning strike and it fries your you know your router or your computer system or if you, um, you know, uh, get a virus, you have no idea where that virus came from. Somebody hacks in and gets it, um, you know, and, and your your files are are destroyed. You know, there there is that that damage. You have now um, had a direct physical loss to your computer systems. If that isn't insured under your uh, personal homeowner's policy then you would then have coverage for your own personal computer and or data at that point. Um, so would so, that yes. apply to information or data that gets sent through cell phones too? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you, it, someone wouldn't have to, I mean, that, that kind of thing on this, and, and I, maybe I'm misunderstanding the whole phishing thing, but uh, in, in that scenario... You wouldn't necessarily have to have occurred through this computer sitting on my desk. It could have occurred through my cell phone, maybe. That's correct. Yeah, anything that any data collecting device. So whether that would be, you know, your your cell phone and an email that comes through on your cell phone, or, um, um, you know, or a direct email directly that you would open it up on your your standalone computer or laptop or or tablet or whatever it may be, any electronic um, communicating device, I guess is the best way to put it. So in the case of a company, uh-huh. would would I have one level of insurance or one policy that would cover my my hard machines and sitting on my desk, uh, that's probably not the right word, but you know, right. my computer system, and my company-owned phone, but I'd have to have something different to cover my personal phone. Does yeah, yeah. You know, the ba- well, kind of two things. Is one is if it's um, if you have your computers and media, which is your physical pieces of equipment, um, not the data on it, you know, not the software on it, but the physical equipment that would typically be covered under your property, just like your surveying equipment would be. So that's going to be covered under your property. So any physical um, loss to that equipment, you know, a fire, et cetera, that's going to be um, uh, responded to under your property insurance. So if you have a cyber liability policy, which is a standalone policy, if you have that cyber liability policy, it's going to pick up um, for this type of electronic communication, data, uh, business income, you know, the extra expense for that, um, security breaches, um, social media, um, et cetera, that will be 
found under the cyber liability, so that would be anyone acting on on behalf of the com the company itself and or the employees acting on the company itself. So if you have a personal phone and you know you're chatting back and forth with a husband or wife, that's one thing. If you're on the personal phone and you're communicating via email, because you know most everybody's emails will sync up with their their emails at at their office. Mm -hmm. You're communicating via maybe a competitor, and you're you know you know you know alleging this or alleging that. That would then track back to a, a, a business exposure, and then that's so, where is that the like cyber the one you were talking about earlier? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So. You know, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So that's basically where that would respond. And so, as you can tell, the cyber liability policy is is really very broad as to. Or, or very well can be very broad. You can you can purchase you know a slimmer version to where I only cover my data you know um, etc. But you know it can it could be anything from um, you know the the actual data itself to um, breach of um, confidentiality with respect to clients' information. Um, you know, communicating or conversations that's not um, 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 in a positive light, I guess, um, with respect to over the Internet, um, then you can go as far as a virus, you know, getting into your computer and, and, um, uh, or a laptop that contains, you know, client records or, um, you know, uh, Confidential information on them, um, personal contact information, um, etc., and then they can actually uh, secure that information by, you know, getting into your computer system. That is definitely a um, a breach of um, confidentiality and breach of uh, data. So that is certainly well, like for us here, that would be uh -huh. like our membership database, right? Absolutely, it would yeah. be a. Um, not only your computer for your membership database, but as an example, if you have Lisa Isom member information, you have personal information, you have email information, so that's one thing. But if I pay for something over the internet and you have my you know credit card information or maybe you know um, any type of data they can they can actually um, uh, trigger a virus to, to monitor keystrokes. So maybe you don't keep the information in the records, but they can attach your um, computer system to actually monitor keystrokes. Um, well, we got to go to break again, but when we come back, maybe you can help us with some, some tips okay. that, that could help people. Absolutely. faster than any show we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> How fast it goes, and especially when you're talking about insurance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's just so many so many tentacles to it. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you, you used to think you buy insurance, you're, you're covered. Now it's like you got to have all these specialty things to yeah. cover. I guess that's just part and parcel of the age of uh, 
of, of uh, communication the way we have it. I don't know if it if it helps us or if it hurts us. You know, anymore, I just, you know, I kind of scratch my head and think, you know, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, um, yeah. you know, because um, it does open us up to so many other things. Like, you know, rather than us running to the bank, um, we we receive all of our cat our checks and we remote bank. And mm-hmm. so um, one of the items today, I was pulling these, these risks, um, claim scenarios, you know, right before I called because, you know, they change monthly. And, you know, things that wasn't there yet. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. The new Seanstead Maggie combines pinpoint accuracy and state-of-the-art ergonomics. See it at your dealer or learn more at www.seanstead.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Okay, Lisa, we're back for a a short session, sounds like. Um, And so I was thinking maybe about some tips and just yeah. we may not get to this, but if we do, we talked a little bit about the personal phones and and not necessarily owned by the company, but there's liabilities associated with that. And and I'm assuming that 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 and there's no coverage that comes for that with with your with the arrangement you have with your cell phone company. That's you're, you're nothing's covered for you. You got to go get your own coverage to take right. care of that. I assume. Right, that that is true. It, you know, you probably can purchase something through the your cell phone provider. Um, you know, and and certainly you can get things through um, homeowners insurance to to help protect you. And that is one of the things that will help under a personal umbrella. Um, you know, should you have a personal umbrella um, uh, that would cover the exposure. But one of the things that I would suggest, you hear it all the time, um, um, advertised on TV or whatever, but there are, um, there are services that are out there that basically monitors your um, credit card activity, your personal um, uh, breach of credit information, et cetera, from a personal perspective. I think it's one of them is called like LifeLock. Yeah, um, I've heard of those. Yeah, yeah, and they're pretty inexpensive um, to uh, cer- certainly to secure or to advise you um, if you've been breached personally. Um, that is certainly, you know, it is naturally an insurance policy, but it's pretty inexpensive and it's you know well worth um, 
investigating that from a personal perspective, but I would then right. tell you to always have that that safe keep of having a personal umbrella um, to protect anything uh, to do with your liability personally um, well, to protect your personal assets. Um, well, maybe in the, in the last nine minutes you can give us some business security tips. Yeah, you know, what I would tell you, um, you know, from a, compu- a computer security tips um, from a small business perspective, it is one that, you know, you you can certainly implement yourself, even if, if it sounds like, um, you know, hey, I've already done this or, or um, I, you know, I think that I'm protected, but maybe I'm not. Um, just, you know, it's, it's more of a safety um, checkup, if you will. But, um, you know, number one, it's, you know, the, the seven um, um, steps of, um, of security tips I would recommend and certainly some of the insurance carriers that we do business with um, uh, to secure your own computers, not only from a business perspective, but this would also go back to your uh, cell phones um, as well um, to use strong, strong passwords. So. The, um, you know the passwords that you know are difficult or impossible to guess at. So you want to um, try to to implement that on all computers, servers, cell phones, um, and give different types of passwords to all accounts that you're dealing with. Um, so you know one of the items that they um, certainly tell you to use that are not as likely to get hacked are combinations of both upper and lowercase lettering um, as well as numbers within your passwords. Um, so, you know, you want to um, try to do that. Um, naturally, backup critical data. Make regular backups of the critical data and, um, you know, at least um, each, you know, each day is preferable, but if you don't do it every day, you want to make sure that you perform that that backup at least weekly um, to where if you lose some of that data or that data becomes, um, uh, um, you know, corrupt, that you can replace at least a week rather than an entire month or um, track back and and, um, uh, try to figure out because just that backup process is time-consuming and um, in trying to rethink what did I do in the past week um, you've lost a week of information, basically. So, you know, you want to back up as frequently as possible, and you want to back up to a separate um, a server. So you don't want to, you know, to back up on your same server that can actually get in and be corrupted. So whether that is backing it up to a cloud, backing it up to a external ha- um, hard drive, um, but some type of a, a backup system to where you keep it off of the same um, information server that you have um, uh, that could be penetrated and, and destroyed. Um, the use of virus protection software, naturally, most computers come with a virus protection of some sort, but keep it updated and um, you know updating that monthly, weekly, daily, um, um, and then running scans. So, you know, when you set up that virus protection software, it will either automatically do it um, by the day and then pull off into um, a a file 
somewhere that basically says, you know, this could possibly be a virus, you want to make sure that you scan all of your files on your computers um, at least weekly um, and no more than monthly, um, but they certainly tell you to do it weekly. Um, install a firewall um, as a gatekeeper between your computers on your standalone desk and your internet access server. The, the firewall um, are usually software type products that can easily be put on, on your computers and um, certainly helped, help to prevent the virus to go from a laptop computer or a standalone computer into your server. So hopefully it would um, stop at that point um, prior to getting in and, and attaching keystrokes than financial information, proprietary information that is, is typically stored on your servers and, um, and certainly corrupting your, your, servers, um, uh, your server altogether. So replacing a, a CPU is much less expensive than it would be to replace your entire server and all the data that's on those servers any, anymore. Um, you know, avoid any type of unnecessary type um, connection. So, you know, as an example, if you um, you are trying to you know connect with the internet again, the wireless um, internet connection, make sure that um, the uh, codes have been changed um, from the manufacturer's codes. Um, uh, you know, it basically helps you know the the hacker to get into the the full system um, when you have not done done that um, change of the password or um, the uh, uh, the box, if you will, code that's set up on those connections. So make sure of that, and, and keep in mind it's not just your computer, it's not just your router, but it can certainly be things such as your scanner, copier that is kept in house. Um, you know, keep in mind if you're trading those off, those are um, data that's been been kept there. So you need to wipe those off just like you would a computer um, when you're getting rid of a computer hard drive because um, that's stored in your client information, contracts, etc., are stored on a lot of the, the digital copiers and scanners of today's world. Um, and then bottom line is, um, you know, monitoring the emails. Um, you know, that's pretty much the, the you know, the, the, the biggie is to monitor those emails. Don't open anything that has you know, has has an email that would say um, Lisa Isom at question mark question mark. <laughs> um, you know, if you if it's a stranger um, that you're not aware of, and they're saying um, here's you know, oh, don't forget to open up this. You know, this is time sensitive information. Don't forget to open up this. If it is a zip file that you receive from anyone. I would tell you to be cautious of that. Um, typically, viruses will come through on a zip file. So if it's someone that you might recognize, maybe a client, pick up the phone and call them before you open it up. Um, because once you open up that zip drive, it will go through your computer and anyone else's in a heartbeat. So anything that you don't recognize, um, coming to you in a zip format as an attachment, don't open it up. Just 
pick up the phone and call that person. If you can't call them, then you shouldn't open it. If it's important, they'll send it back to you. <laughs> and maybe, maybe call. Maybe, maybe what we could cover in our last minute here is I'm thinking it might be a good idea to put a little piece in the news and views about the Magnificent Seven uh, I steps that you've talked about here because um, I know uh, on the radio sometimes it's hard for people to grasp all those. Maybe we can talk about that. Maybe we should put something in there um, yeah. as a follow-up to the show here in the near future. Yeah. Well, you know, what I will do, um, Kurt, is I'll just send over to you and Trish these um, top seven um, um, suggestions for, and this is relating to surveyors in today's world. So it's not you know, the attorney and so on, because most people will say, well, it's really not, it's really not applicable to me, and yep. it really is. Um, and, well, we, um, you know, I, I hate for us to have to go, but okay. we've only got 10 seconds left, so thanks for being with me today, and we'll chat again soon, and we'll get this stuff out, and then we can chat about our next next show. Wonderful. Well, if anyone has specific questions, thank you again for allowing me to be on the show, and give me a call at 888 888- Four five four nine five six two. Sounds great. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.